From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you joining us for this Tuesday, August the 2nd edition of Washington Watch. Coming up, will Democrats succeed with their costly green boondoggle? This isn't an Inflation Reduction Act. Not even close. It's just a catalog of tax hikes and green boondoggles that Democrats have wanted literally for years with a false new label slapped on the front. That was Republican leader Mitch McConnell earlier today in the Senate. And far from hiding their green agenda, the Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer had this to say. And, of course, of huge significance, this is one of the things that makes this bill so historic. By a significant margin, our bill will also be the largest package on climate change ever, ever passed by this Congress. We'll talk with Montana Senator Steve Daines, a member of the Senate Finance Committee, and he is also the founder and chair of the Senate Pro-Life Caucus. And I'll get him to weigh in on Senator Elizabeth Warren's efforts to try and shut down care pregnancy centers across the United States. And as children head back to school in the days ahead, what are they going to find in the classroom? No, it's not a problem for kids who are seeking a good education. Drag queens, okay? Let me say this. Drag queens, not only are they not hurting our kids, drag queens make everything better. Drag queens are fun. Drag queens are entertainment. Um, and you know what I'll say that was totally not poll tested? I say this. I know that was difficult to hear, but that was the Attorney General of Michigan, Dana Nessel, saying that every school needs a drag queen. That's what we need, drag queens. Well, the battle for the soul of our nation continues, and we'll talk about it with FRC Senior Fellow for Education Studies, Meg Kilgannon. And in the news, uh, the good news column, I should say, the abortion industry is reporting that as a result of the state laws that went into effect after the overturn of Roe, 60% of abortion clinics in almost a dozen pro-life states have closed their doors. While that's good news, the abortion industry never rests. It's already working on how they will continue their work of taking the lives of the unborn. But fortunately, pro-life policymakers are also at work. Mississippi State Senator Joey Fillingain is one of those lawmakers, and he joins us later here on Washington Watch with the details of what's ahead. Also, we are also closely following the itinerary of Speaker Pelosi, and if the U.S. continues down the wrong path, we will take strong and resolute measures to ensure our sovereignty and security interests. That was Wal Chung Yang, a spokesperson for the Chinese Foreign Ministry, commenting on Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. We'll talk about that trip with China expert Gordon Chang later here on Washington Watch. And finally, the left's lawlessness, which was unleashed in the summer of 2020, is setting homicide records in Democratic-run cities. And those in Congress who coddled the lawbreakers are seeking more money to protect themselves. And guess who they're blaming? We're going to talk about it with Ken Cuccinelli, former Virginia Attorney General and Acting Deputy Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. All that and more coming up on this Tuesday edition of Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you, so I encourage you to visit the website. And also join us tonight for a special edition of Pray Vote Stand as we take a look at the effort underway in the United States Senate to codify into law the Supreme Court's 
2015 redefinition of marriage. I'll be joined by Virginia Congressman Bob Good, Katie Faust, also ADF CEO Mike Ferris, and Pastor Carter Conlon, General Overseer of the Times Square Church in New York City. What's at stake? We're going to talk about that tonight as we pray for our nation. PrayVoteStand.org tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Our word for today, coming from our Stand on the Word Bible reading plan, is found in Psalm 86. It's verses 11 and 12. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. The Holy Spirit will teach us if we are willing to learn and walk in the truth that often runs counter to the ways of the world. But that is where the fear of God comes in. We must have a greater fear or reverence for God than we do of man. To join us in this journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. All right, as we discussed on Washington Watch yesterday, Senators Schumer and Manchin have unveiled their reconciliation deal, which repackages spare parts from both the failed Build Back Better plan and the Green New Deal into one deceptively, deceptively titled Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. I find it curious, though perhaps not surprising, that politicians on the left are barely pretending this will actually reduce inflation, but are instead crowing about the supposed benefits from the $369 billion in new climate-related spending. So what will all of this government spending, the largest climate expenditures ever taken by Congress, actually deliver? Join me now to discuss this and more is Senator Steve Daines of Montana. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Finance Committee and Energy and Natural Resources, and he is also the founder and chair of the Senate Pro-Life Caucus. Senator, welcome back to the program. Good to see you, Tony. Let me start, before we get into the reconciliation package, it was supposed to happen today, but tomorrow there's going to be an effort by um, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren to advance a bill that is designed to shut down care pregnancy centers all across the nation. Tell us about that. Well, I didn't think I'd live to see the day uh, to observe these radical, radical moves that are being made by the Democrats. And it shows us, Tony, the Democrats are no longer, quote, pro-choice. They're just blatantly pro-abortion. And with this move they're going to try tomorrow does, it would shut down crisis pregnancy centers, fines up to $100,000 for any what they call disinformation that is put out. Do you remember when Joe Biden announced he wanted to have that uh, uh, the disinformation governance board? It reminds me of something that would come out of Russia or China where somehow big government would decide what is true and what is not versus the people. Uh, this is an example of that. So it's going right at the heart of crisis pregnancy centers, these centers that provide so much care and compassion for moms and for babies. It's an attempt to shut them down, finding them out of existence because of what they might say. And I will tell you, we'll be down in force tomorrow objecting to this. We're going to stop it, but it gives you an idea of what the left wants to do on the issue of abortion. And what amazes me Senator Daines, is that these are about 3,000 of them across the country that are privately funded. These are people who give their money to help out women who find themselves in a crisis situation. They also provide for the children. And this is all being done out of the compassion and care of people's hearts. And those on the left, 
want to shut these down. I mean, it, it is, as you're, you're right, it's absolutely amazing, and it does show that they're not just pro-choice. They, they, they are pro-abortion. They'll do anything to, to advance their agenda. You know, Tony, um, I've uh, been a proud supporter of my sweet wife, Cindy, and I for many, many years of our, one of our local crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, I was a keynote speaker at one of their banquets to raise money. And you're exactly right. These are, these are nonprofits, oftentimes faith-based. Uh, they are really a, a, a life preserver for these frightened young women oftentimes uh, that are looking for help, for counseling. They're looking for somebody to give compassion to them. So really the, 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 the passion of the pro-abortionists, is is contrasted to the compassion of these crisis yeah. pregnancy centers, and uh, I'm just yeah, grateful really good. with the crisis pregnancy centers because we're standing with babies and with moms with love and care. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, I've been to uh, to your state, Montana, helping raise money for some of those uh, clinics. I want to shift gears now uh, to this reconciliation bill, this uh, so-called Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, uh, which from my read on it, it looks like it's it's more of this uh, subsidies for politically connected green uh, energy operations. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, Tony, you're missing you're missing nothing. You're you're spot on. At a time when our nation should be doubling down, tripling down on more made in America energy instead of kowtowing to you know Saudi princes or or uh, or dictators in the Middle East. Why aren't we trying to accelerate Maine America energy instead? And it, it's stunning, Tony, with, with gas at nearly five bucks a gallon, diesel at nearly six. Why in the world the Democrats now would be doubling and tripling down on this Green New Deal? This is nearly $400 billion of, uh, of a Green New Deal slush fund. This is subsidizing wealthy Americans so they, they could buy an electric vehicle. Uh, this is taxing, adding additional taxes to oil and gas producers. You know, Joe Biden, instead of going to Saudi Arabia, he should have jumped on Air Force One and gone to Midland, Texas, gone to Williston, North Dakota, gone to Anchorage, Alaska, talked to our producers. I just ran into one of our major oil producers here in Washington last week. He said, Steve, we can produce millions of barrels a day of oil more if we just would get the green light and the incentive to do so. Instead of incentives, what this administration is doing is putting roadblocks in place, and now they're doubling down on this Green New Deal fantasy. Tony, this is dangerous because the people who suffer are the American people. Families are suffering because of the price at the pump, the price they're going to face with heating oil and natural gas and so forth and electricity this coming winter. It's a catastrophe in Europe, literally a catastrophe and now, instead of our government learning from the mess that Europe has made by doubling down on the Green New Deal a decade ago, instead they're doubling down today. And this is a fight that we've got to win. So the the taxes, this is additional taxes, as you pointed out, on oil and gas. Corporations, you know that you're on the Senate Finance Committee. Corporations don't pay these taxes. They pass them along to consumers. So this means that people who are already burdened with high fuel cost are going to have to pay more. And, of course, we know that the energy sector fuels a lot of not just our cars, not just air conditioning and heating our homes, but so many products, delivery of those products, everything is affected by energy prices. 
anything that you have is is, is plastic comes from petroleum. It's oil derived. You think about farmers. Our farmers and ranchers are threatened not just because of the high price of gas and diesel, but the high price of fertilizer, which is oftentimes derived from petroleum products. So this this affects the entire economy. It'll affect every American family. And it's just the insanity, this ideology. It's a religion, Tony, that the left has. Uh, They worship climate. They worship abortion. Uh, They worship identity. And it's really that trinity, that lens that they look through that invades every one of their policy decisions as evidenced by this massive tax and spending bill that, that Schumer released late last week. So final question for you. We're up against the break. Senator Daines, any chance this does not go through? There's a chance, uh, but it's going to come down to uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Joe's already said he's on board. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Joe right now because he has been fighting in the past. Suddenly he just completely caved. Now it's down to Kirsten Cinema. She's got some concerns, but this is going to be a fight to the finish. And I tell you what it shows us all, Tony, the importance of one Senate seat. If we had one yeah. more Republican center, we'd stop this. That's why these elections coming up in 2022, this fall, 100 days away, are so important. We're just one Senate vote away from stopping this train wreck. We need to make sure we have a big show, that that our folks show up in a strong way in November, because every Senate seat matters, every vote matters. Excellent point. Uh, Absolutely right. Senator Steve Daines, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Tony. All right, folks, stick with us. Back to school coming up next. What are kids going to find in the classroom? We're going to talk about that next. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that first by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose. Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, as uh, Senator Daines was talking about elections, that's a reminder today handful of states having primary elections, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, and Washington State. So polls are still open. Time to go vote if you've not already voted. I trust that you have. And in particular, I want to mention Kansas because there is the value them both amendment uh, on the ballot. That is the pro-life amendment that allows the legislature to decide the policies regarding abortion in the state, not the state Supreme Court. So If you live in Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, or Washington State, and you have not yet voted, go and vote. And by the way, FRC Action has some resources for you, frcaction.org. On there, there's a uh, tab that says Voter Resources. Click on it, and you can get a voter guide. Okay, also, Pray Vote Stand Summit coming up September the 14th through the 16th in Atlanta, Georgia. That's the Pray Vote Stand Summit, September 14th through the 16th at First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. It's filling up quickly, so hurry up and register. Go to prayvotestand.org slash summit to take a look at all of the speakers that are already confirmed and to register. Okay, it's August. It's the second day of August, and I know a lot of kids are lamenting, but it is time for a new school year. Students will be heading back to the classrooms, and... The question is, what are they going to be walking into? You know, we've seen this growing hostility toward faith in the public school setting. We've seen this increasingly woke, radical, sexualized culture that has eclipsed learning and education. I mean, just about every week there are new examples of this. And in fact, One of the latest examples of this hostility toward Christian education in particular is uh, comes out of Washington State, where the state attorney general there launching an investigation to a Christian university for refusing to hire faculty and staff who practice sexual behavior that is inconsistent with biblical standards and their statement of faith. He's going after them. Of course, they're countersuing. Good for them. But this this hostility in the realm of education is intensifying. And as uh, President Biden said, this is the battle for the soul of our nation. And on that, he and I agree. Now, to prepare for the new school year, FRC has created a 30-day prayer guide to help um, folks pray and encourage folks to pray for 
America and for our schools. We can't abandon them. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for the teachers, more Christian teachers to go into our schools to be a light in a very dark setting. With me now to talk about this and more is FRC Senior Fellow for Education Studies, Meg Kilgannon. She served in the U.S. Department of Education during the Trump administration. Uh, Meg, thanks for joining me. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Tony. Great to see you. Okay, to those who question whether the indoctrination in schools is really as intentional and orchestrated as suggested, can you highlight some of the efforts we're seeing, like the efforts of the Southern Poverty Law Center? Uh, We talked about Washington's Attorney General Bob Ferguson. I mean, there, there is such an abundance. Let our folks know some of them. Well, I think that the most obvious way that children are being uh, targeted in schools is with the uh, gender identity message um, and, and then the, the focus on critical race theory and that just the focus on identity overall, whether it's your racial identity, your sexual identity, um, they want to divide students and to create a sense of uh, revolutionary discontent, to be perfectly frank about it. I mean, they, this, is, this is part of the cultural revolution that, um, that Marxists have adopted, these taxi- tactics to foment revolution to achieve their, their Marxist utopian government. Um, and th- the fact that our educational institutions have been so completely overcome with this sort of ideology um, is, is that's why we need all hands on deck at every level of education. We need Christians, people with a biblical worldview, uh, people of faith engaged in the process so that we can have another set of ideas, a better set of ideas, present Mm -hmm. at the table when decisions are made that affect our children and the students of this country. Obviously, the first step is awareness and understanding, which I think we've seen a lot of that in the last year and a half as uh, parents have become aware and they've taken active steps. We talk about this frequently. We've got a record number of parents running for school boards. We've got resources available for them at FRC Action as well. Uh, But there are so many kids, even though a lot of folks have left the public school system, they're homeschooling or they're in a private education, there's still a lot of kids that are held captive in these government schools that are indoctrinating them with this leftist ideology. And so we need to be praying for them. And need to be, I, in fact, this past weekend, uh, a weekend before last, I was in Kansas speaking at a couple of churches and ran into some teachers uh, who are Christians, but they're in the public school system. And I was, I was thanking them because I think we need more Christian teachers. And uh, these kids need some hope. And I think these Christian teachers ought to be looking, uh, or we ought to be looking at these Christian teachers as missionaries uh, in, a, uh, in a very hostile place. I totally agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why I really love the resource that we have on the website that ha- is 30 days of prayer for back to school. And I think, you know, when you get to the end of the 30 days, you should just turn right around and start again and pray for schools and for our nation's children continually. Um, there are sections on praying for parents, praying for students, praying for teachers and administrators, and then praying for the overall environment at the school. And there are beautiful uh, 
biblical references uh, at the end of each of the days to refer you to scripture for, for further reflection and reading. I mean, this is something not everybody can run for school board. Not everybody can go to a school board meeting, but we all can pray. We can all pray for the nation's schools. And we know that when things seem totally ridiculous and like nothing is ever going to change, that is often when God shows his true glory and power and does something truly miraculous. You're absolutely right. Uh, Prayer changes things. Meg, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Tony. And folks, check out the prayer guide, TonyPerkins.com. You can go to TonyPerkins.com slash 30dayprayerguide, or just go to the episode resources. But download the prayer guide, share it at your church. We need to be praying for our schools. All right, don't go away. Some interesting news on the other side of the break. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15-week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. All right, though we're just over a month removed from the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade, according to a recent report from the Guttmacher Institute, which is a pro-abortion group, close to 60% of abortion clinics in states with strictly strict abortion laws have already shuttered their doors. You know, we, we certainly celebrate this good news. This is something that's been years in the making. But we also know what the abortion industry is doing. They have been pivoting to pushing chemical abortion pills through the mail. And this comes despite the severe health risk that these pose to the mothers. Joining me now to discuss this is Mississippi State Senator 
Joey Fillingain. He co-sponsored post-Roe pro-life protection law, which went into effect following the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision, and he serves as the uh, 41st district senator for the state of Mississippi. Senator, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. It's an honor to be here. Well, you know, you sponsored, thanks, I appreciate you being here sharing this with us, and, and being forward-thinking, and that's what I want to talk about. I mean, you sponsored Mississippi's trigger law in 2007. I, I have to think that you are extremely grateful and gratified to see it's that it's now in effect in a post-Roe nation. Absolutely. We praise God for the result. Uh, we don't know, you know, how many children's lives will be saved, but we know everyone is precious in God's sight. And back in 2007, when we first started down this road, we were mocked and made fun of. And people said, you're wasting taxpayer dollars, passing a bill that's so um, outlandish as to think that Roe v. Wade would ever be overturned. But yet in 2022, here we are. And you know, thank God that um, we did not listen to the naysayers and instead yeah. um, pushed forward. And we have a, a very strict law. Our only abortion clinic in the state of Mississippi has now not only closed their doors, they've dropped their lawsuit that they had previously filed challenging the trigger law and have sold their building. So um, we're, we're excited, we're thankful, and we're humbled that God would use this in the way that he has. Yeah, and I just want to point out kind of on a related note that I'm going to talk about later in the program, Jackson, Mississippi is the one clinic that was shut down. Also, Jackson, Mississippi has one of the highest homicide rates uh, in the country, uh, certainly in Mississippi, but also in, in the country. And there's a correlation, I believe, between that. And I think hopefully now we're going to see cities like Jackson move away from those high homicide rates as the state has embraced life. But other states that have followed suit with uh, trigger laws that have uh, strong pro-life laws, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Missouri, Oklahoma, Ohio, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas, the Guttmacher Institute has uh, looked at the, these states and have found that 60 percent of abortion centers have now shut post-DOPS. Uh, so, you know, the laws are working, but as you know, the abortion clinics and the abortion industry never rest. So they're moving now to these chemical drugs through the mail that endanger the lives of these mothers. So what's next in terms of the policymakers? What policies do we put in place to protect mothers? You know, you hit the nail right on the head. I think our next uh, battle in this war will shift now to the mail order abortions where you get on a teledoc, uh, you know, virtual meeting and the doctor um, in New York or Connecticut or some other place where abortion is still, you know, legal and favored, uh, will write a prescription for a drug, a chemical cocktail. They'll FedEx that to you at your, your place of residence, and you'll take that cocktail. A couple of days later, you have the abortion at home, presumably, but obviously we know that that's not a safe situation for the mother. Clearly, it violates state law. So I think our next um, battle and the next pieces of legislation that we'll have to look into adopting in the upcoming session in January is some sort of restriction on these medical or chemical abortions um, that Planned Parenthood has been very open about. This is their answer to the Dobbs case. They say, well, in certain states that you can't walk into the clinic and get your abortion, we'll just mail order you the cocktail and you'll do it at home and you know, good luck to you. So I think it's very dangerous precedent. It's skirting the laws of many of our states that are now in place. 
And so I think it's um, wrong on so many levels. And it's very dangerous for the mothers and for a group like Planned Parenthood who always trumpets the health and well-being of women and mothers to have this sort of chemical cocktail being sent to your home with no medical oversight to speak of, I think is just really showing their true colors. They don't really care about women. They only care about the abortion industry and continuing this culture of death. Um, We have to combat that every way we can. Yeah, the latest statistics on abortions in the country, about 52% of abortions were already being done through uh, chemical abortions. That certainly is going to uh, uh, escalate after the Dobbs decision. So, uh, Senator, one final question for you. Is this a topic that you're already discussing with your colleagues as to how to enforce state law? Absolutely, and not only with our colleagues, but also with our attorney general and our governor's office. I mean, we have to have all hands on deck. And we have to make sure that we do everything we can legally do and to protect the unborn children, which our law has been designed to do. And I think it's working clearly, but we have to make sure there aren't uh, large loopholes and gaps left in our coverage of the protection of unborn children. And I think the chemical and medical abortions, um, as you have so uh, aptly put, is really the next uh, battle to be waged in this abortion war in the, in the nation and across all 50 states. Senator Phil again, I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to again commend you on your leadership and forward-thinking uh, pro-life stands that you've taken there in the uh, state of Mississippi. Well, thanks for your leadership and for all that you do, not only on this issue, but so many others. For the Christians across this country, we're indebted to you, and we thank God for your ministry. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. All right, coming up, Speaker Nancy Pelosi touchdown in China and uh, then on to Taiwan. What will this mean for U.S. relations with the Communist Party? We'll discuss it after the break. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. 
That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make the difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. All right, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi did not go to China, as I said there as I was trying to get out of that last segment. Um, She was on an Asian tour and landed earlier today in Taiwan, making the Chinese Communist Party upset. Well, they had warned that such a visit would have serious consequences. Now, she is the highest-ranking American official to visit Taiwan since 1997, when Newt Gingrich traveled to the self-governed island claimed by China. Now, how will such a visit impact U.S. relations with China? Will China follow through on any of their threats? Well, here to talk about all of this is China expert Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. He can be found on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Tony. So uh, how significant do you consider the speaker's trip today to Taiwan? This is extremely significant for a couple of reasons. First of all, if she didn't go, she would have been emboldening and legitimizing the worst elements in the Chinese political system by showing everybody else that intimidation tactics work. And it's also significant because it shows to the Biden administration that it's important, um, I think, to stand up to China. So we were seeing a very soft Biden policy, in many cases pro-Chinese communist. And and Nancy Pelosi is saying to Washington, no, I don't accept that. Does China, the Chinese Communist Party now have to respond? I mean, do they have to follow through some way on the threats that they've been making? An awful lot of saber rattling been going on. They absolutely have to do it, because if they don't do it, they will see this as a test of credibility, which they have failed. They made this a test of political wills. They upped the rhetoric, and clearly they now got to do something. I don't know what they'll do, but we should expect some sort of form of retaliation. But we should also know, Tony, that they need us so much more than we need them. So um, I think that maybe since they didn't do anything before she visited, that they are not going to do too much after she visits. Now, I think I I saw where there were cyber attacks on the Taiwanese government prior to her arrival. Is that something we might see in the days ahead against U.S. 
establishments that we might see cyber attacks that uh, originate from the Chinese? We get cyber attacks from the Chinese Communist um, government, excuse me, every day. Uh, We get not only thousands of them, we get hundreds of thousands of them. Um, The question is, are they going to up those attacks and turn off our lights? Um, That's a possibility. I tend to think that they'll do other things, but we've got to remember that uh, we have networks which are relatively undefended. And the outrage here is not that China is trying to attack us or attacks us. Yeah, of course they do. But the outrage here, Tony, is that we've had presidents who've known about these attacks, who've had the means to do something about them, and who have failed to do something. Now, Gordon, might they take action against Taiwan once uh, Speaker Pelosi leaves to see what America might do post the visit? They can do that, and they undoubtedly will do that, but it would be counterproductive because what they I would do by further attacks on Taiwan would be stiffening the resolve of Taiwan's people. So, yes, I expect it. Um, Beijing can be um, very counterproductive in what it does, um, but they will also go after us because if they don't go after us, then it signals to the Biden administration that their approach to China has been wrong all along and that they can actually take tougher action. Beijing does not want that lesson going to the president of the United States. So we will see some form of Chinese action against the American homeland. Uh, Final question for you, Gordon. So do you think the White House has learned anything about the resolve of Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan in the face of the criticism of China? Well, they've learned something about the strong-willed Speaker of the House. So, yes, they've learned something about that. But if you're asking, have they learned anything about China? I'm afraid not, because I think their approach to Beijing has been ideological, and it's very difficult to change those views. Um, I hope that eventually um, the Biden team will come around. um, But at the present moment, um, I'm not expecting any new lessons learned in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But final question. I said that was the final question, but I got one more for you. Are you anticipating um, China making a move on Taiwan anytime soon? Um, Not this year. And the reason is that the Communist Party, if tradition holds, will um, have its 20th National Congress in October or November. This is where Xi Jinping wants to get his unprecedented third term as general secretary I don't think he has the um, basically the consensus at the top of the Communist Party to do anything then. But if he gets that third term, which most everybody says will happen, then I think we will see something occur, largely because they don't think the Biden administration will stop them. And also because Xi Jinping has based his legitimacy on taking Taiwan. So something horrible will happen. I don't know if they'll go after the entire main island of Taiwan but they might bite off some of the outlying islands, some of which are very close to the Chinese shore. Well, obviously something we've got to continue to watch. And uh, for one, I'm grateful that uh, Speaker Pelosi did not back down. I think we need to show resolve in the face of those international uh, bullies. Gordon Chang, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to uh, join us today. Well, thank you, Tony, and God bless. All right. uh, Gordon Chang. At Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, if you want to follow him, he's got good information on uh, on China. 
always like to hear his uh, insights. And you, as I've, some of you listen a long time, I have been sanctioned by China back for my work on religious freedom, uh, also sanctioned by Russia. Uh, these are bad actors, and I think we've got to stand up to them. And Nancy Pelosi, a lot I disagree, probably 98% of the stuff she does I disagree with, but she actually has been pretty good in standing up to China on the human rights issues, in particular on religious freedom issues. And so she has uh, stood her ground, and I give her credit for that. I give her credit for that. All right, we've, uh, we've long known that while politicians on the left may talk about defunding the police, they spare no expense when it comes to their own personal safety. Now, this point was driven home uh, last week when the U.S. House Sergeant-at-Arms announced plans to cover the cost of security upgrades to members' homes, including $10,000 for equipment and $150 a month for monitoring and maintenance. Now, this is being uh, driven by those on the left who were the ones that were out there shouting, defund the police, and they were coddling the lawbreakers in 2020. Now, I this is my take on this. When you see what took place in the summer of 2020, the lawlessness that was launched by the left all across America, and you had these left-leaning elected officials coddling these lawbreakers, now we see in many of these cities record homicide rates. And members of Congress now fearing the lawlessness. Well, joining me now to talk about this and more is the former acting deputy secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, who also served as the attorney general for the state of Virginia, Ken Cuccinelli. Ken, welcome back to the program. Good to be with you, Tony, as always. So, uh, Ken, any irony here that we have these uh, liberal members of Congress crying for more money to protect themselves when they were the ones coddling the lawbreakers back in the summer of 2020 when you were a part of the Homeland Security Department trying to protect these cities? Oh, the irony is is truly rich here, and um, the hypocrisy is legion. And they don't blink an eye at it, which is really quite amazing. In the summer— of 2020, by the way, I agree with you on Pelosi with Taiwan, I, and and you know might disagree 98 percent of the time. I say that because in the summer of 2020, I'll remind everyone, she was referring to the police who were protecting themselves and buildings and people against physical assaults, including commercial fireworks, lasers aimed at their eyes, um, shield wielding and stick wielding crowds, among other things. Um, the Department of Homeland Security actually uh, lost one of its security officers to an attack, gunfire attack, um, and another was injured uh, very early in this whole process out in California. But it was Speaker Pelosi who referred to those police officers as stormtroopers at the time. They were the bad guys. Um, and the current Vice President Harris at the time was bailing lawbreakers right. out of jail to get them back on the street faster and into the into the Soros street efforts uh, to bring more violence to more cities across the country. And we knew and saw that they were traveling. I will tell you one of the things that offends me so much about January 6th in terms of the FBI and the Department of Justice is where in the hell was all this effort for the seven months beforehand? When we're a nation that doesn't speak against all political violence, then guess what you're going to get? 
more right. political violence. And the left-wing leaders across this country have bred that in this country. And we, I, I, we all have them to, quote, thank for that. that. That is exactly my point, is that they have unleashed this on America by coddling the lawbreakers. As you pointed out, the, the current vice president bailing these lawless uh, hooligans out of the Huskal and putting them back on the streets. And so now this has come to their doors. It's come to their doorsteps. This is the problem. You, you cannot sustain a republic with a lawless population. And what happens, it escalates. And I think, and I dis, I've been very clear on this program, I disagree 100% with what happened on January the 6th with those who broke the law and went into the Capitol. Uh, I, I, I do not in any way condone that behavior. But these are people that were frustrated, I believe, many of them, by what they saw on the left, and so they partook in it, too. That's the problem with mobs when so we do not yet, maintain law. A different way to think about that same thing is for seven months they watched all of the mouthpieces of society say political violence is okay when right, it's right. for the right reasons. The, me- the ends justify the means, classic um, Alinsky type of uh, mentality. And that was said over and over. We heard it from Chris Cuomo on CNN. We heard it from everybody on CNN. We heard it from MSNBC. We saw it all across print media. We were hearing it from not just Nancy Pelosi, but congressional leaders all across the left were saying this. And peaceful protesting, even with, by any definition, violence going on, but meanings of English words don't mean that much to them either. And um, and those have come home to roost, along with their basic philosophy that the police are bad and so they should be defunded. Oh, except when they're protecting me. And, right. um, now, and this, therein now, this lies goes... the hypocrisy. Now, this has been kind of years in the making, though. When you you, you mentioned uh, George Soros and his efforts on the streets, you know George Soros has been working quietly in cities across the nation to elect uh, these uh, prosecutors that won't prosecute, uh, DAs Basically, that will not yes. do their job, and so what you have is you have these cities now: uh, New Orleans, Birmingham, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Cleveland, Rochester, uh, New York, Atlanta. Um, all, all these cities, and th- these are ones in the South now. Yeah, where they, big ones. He's LA, Chicago, some huge cities are suffering and, from and, this. Yeah, we have the highest murder rates in history that are going on, in, in recorded history. And so this is all a part of not enforcing the law. And now it's spilling over. My concern, Ken Cuccinelli, is that if this is not contained and dealt with soon, that we could be on the verge of anarchy. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, that the, the most basic element of a society, a constitutional republic society, is the rule of law. And when people elected are elected for the job of enforcing the law on a platform of I won't enforce the law, that is an anarchy outcome. Now, I will say this. Even in wildly liberal San Francisco, they deposed right. – their Soros uh, prosecutor because of the destruction and the misery that he brought to that community. And, um, uh, and, it, and they, it wasn't a close call. So as so often happens, 
the liberals sound swell on the stump, but when you actually implement their philosophy, it is utterly destructive of societies and human lives, innocent human lives, elevating the criminal over the crime victim, which is exactly what Soros is doing. And I think it's quite intentional. He wants the destruction and anarchy on the path to communism that he so admires. But to your point, Ken Cuccinelli, the citizens are pushing back when they have an opportunity at the ballot box. And I believe that as this crime rate rises, the issue of crime and security will rise in the list of concerns when voters go to the polls uh, this November. Uh, Ken, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. Always great to talk with you and uh, appreciate uh, you joining us today. God bless. Have a great one, Tony. Thanks for having me. All right, Ken Cuccinelli, former Attorney General of the State of Virginia and uh, with the Department of Homeland Security. Look, and this is why we, as Christians, need to obey the law. It has this cascading effect. We cannot give in to the culture and disregard the law. Yes, we need to work for just laws. We need to work for equitable application of the laws. But we need to be law-abiding in what we do. As, as Ken and I were talking, this is what leads to anarchy. And we need to be praying. By the way, join us tonight for a special edition of Pray, Vote, Stand at 8 p.m. Eastern time as we look at the Senate's efforts to redefine marriage into law. That's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 